Hello, hello, my above average tribe, and welcome back to the A Minus Life podcast. I am your host, Casey Jericho. And once again, I am so happy to have you here listening, and I hope we can laugh, learn, and grow together. Before I get into the topic for this week, I want to remind you guys that every review, like, share is so appreciated and really helps me and this channel out. So if you're not too busy while listening to this, it would be very appreciated if you could subscribe to this podcast or my YouTube channel, leave a rating, uh, leave a raving review on either platform. Also, please share with family, friends, even mortal enemies. I want to uh, also remind you guys that even though I have turned into a professional podcaster, my true love is my one-on-one lifestyle coaching company and our lifestyle app. If you are ready to make some sustainable and enjoyable change and learn what feeling good actually feels like, please click on the link in our show notes, on my Instagram, or on my website and join the team. You can use code A-LIFE10, spell out minus, to get 10% off any package you choose as a thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And now that my lovely spiel is over, let's keep showing up and get into it. All right, here we go. And let's get episode eight started. Um, Just a precursor. If you did not listen to episode six, where I go over how to handle the holidays mindset edition, I very much suggest doing that first, because like I've said a million times already on this podcast, and we're only eight episodes in, you cannot build your dream house on sand, right? You need a concrete, hard surface, a good foundation before you build that dream house. So if your mind is not right, none of these tips and tricks while actually at your holiday dinners are going to help, right? So go back and listen to episode six. Even if you listen to it already, twice will not hurt. Three times will not hurt, right? We constantly have to remind ourselves of our mindset. We constantly have to work on our mindset, reassess it, change things that need changing. So again, I appreciate you being here for this episode, but please listen to episode six first. Okay, so this is episode eight. We did take a little break in between the holiday tricks, and today's episode is going to be more so how to handle the holidays food and fitness-wise. You know, your mind's right, you have good intentions, but how do we actually do the do when the holidays are present. Um, I want to say this first. This is not going to be textbook guidance, I guess I should say, right? Like some coaches, if they're listening to this, are not going to agree with these suggestions, these methods, my experience. Um, They are not quote unquote, the healthiest mindset or relationship with food wise, they are probably not what some coaches would say to do. But in my honest opinion, I think they are what works. I think they are most relatable. And I think they are really what the average busy mom, dad can do. Of course, the best thing to do in the holidays is just enjoy them and realize that 
these days cannot set you back and enjoy the moments with your friends and family and realize that food and the scale does not determine your worth. And I believe that wholeheartedly, right? The scale does not determine your worth, um, how much people should love you, how much you should love yourself. It's a stupid box on the floor with a number. But I do get having some connection with that box and having feelings when those numbers show up. And I do understand that we can't all have this textbook amazing relationship with food where we can eat what we want and wake up the next morning and just love ourselves just as much, right? Of course, that is the goal. That is cloud nine. Um, I am still working on that. And I can be honest, I'm not sure if I'll ever get to that. Um, There's always going to be some sort of self-value attached to my health and fitness. So again, if you can get to the point where all you do on the holidays is enjoy, you eat what you want to eat, you realize that the scale is going to be up, but that is okay because the scale has nothing to do with self-love and you're going to just, you know, not have any negative thoughts or intrusive thoughts and that is great and that's what I want for you. If you are someone that is still struggling with your food relationship and holidays and equating your value to your aesthetic, then some of these tips may help you. They are not dangerous. I'm not going to tell you to starve yourself, right? I'm not going to give advice to, you know, not eat for a week so you can enjoy Christmas dinner. I'm not going that extreme. But I do think there are some ways we can navigate holidays with some tricks or different pathways that will help us maybe not see that scale skyrocket or we won't feel super bloated the next day or we'll be more proud of our choices. And that's what I'm going to hopefully share with you guys today, right? So again, some coaches, some people may not agree with what I'm about to suggest, but I do think these suggestions are honest. They're real. And if I could put money on it, I bet all these coaches that would preach, you know, the opposite probably do these things behind closed doors, okay? Um, And of course, the biggest thing that I'm probably going to say a bunch throughout this, but I just want to highlight it here, so please listen. Once we get into the tricks and stuff, the two most important things you have to realize and you have to understand, you can we get as tricky as we want, but the holidays are only four days technically. You have Thanksgiving, you have Christmas Eve, Christmas, and New Year's Eve slash day. Can't be both. Okay? If you celebrate Hanukkah, there's six more, but in the Jewish community, I don't think that they have feasts every night during Hanukkah. So the holidays are four days out of a 62 month, not month, 62 day period. I'm not great at math, but four divided by 62, one moment, bear with me, four divided by 62 is not even like 1% of that time. That could also be wrong, so someone feel free to correct me. But it's not a big number. It's tiny. So if we even blow it out of the water on those four days, not much is going to change. 
Okay. Another thing, and I'm sorry if this hurts your feelings. Trigger warning, I guess, right? That's what they say. You, yes, you, listener, Karen, Chad, Cindy, are not the life of the party. You may think you are fun. You are the bee's knees, right? People may tell you, oh my goodness, I love partying with you. I love when you come over. You're so funny. That may be true, okay? But you solely do not control the holiday fun that goes on in this world, right? You are allowed to say no to things. You can leave early from things. And guess what? You can also do things sober. The party itself, the holiday dinner itself, will still be fun for everybody else. And it should still be fun for you. Okay? But if you say no, guess what? That party's going to happen and they're going to have fun. Do not put the blame on anybody else besides yourself for having a full holiday schedule. Nothing happens if you say no, I cannot make it. Okay? Nothing happens if you leave a couple of hours early. Nothing happens if you don't drink. Everybody else will still have a great time. Okay? So please, please do not let me hear, but I have to go. They're not going to have fun or everybody wants me there. Yeah, of course they're going to say they want you there. But if you're not, I don't think they're really going to care. Don't use the excuse. Okay? I know mom told you you're the best. Okay? But everybody else will have fun if you are not there. So the two things that we really have to remember, holidays, only four days, not 62. And you are not that cool. Just kidding. You're cool. But everybody will be fine if you decide not to go. All right. So here we go. The first group of things we're going to talk about are if you are traveling. So I myself have never really been in this scenario. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've driven very far. I went to school 11-hour car ride away. I've flown to Florida, flown to California. I've been places, but I've never have to travel during the holiday times. In high school, I did Thanksgiving in Florida, but that was high school. So I have never had to take a flight to Christmas dinner or something like that. But I've traveled. I've been in airports. I've been in cars. I drove to Florida. I know how it works. So I'm speaking from experience. So no one can be like, that doesn't work. I know it does. So if you are flying somewhere for the holidays, there are plenty of opportunities for you to get steps around the airport, right? The world is your oyster there. Go walk. Do not sit at your gate and wait. Okay, they have those moving sidewalks, walk opposite on them. Yeah, you may seem Looney Tune. They may call airport security, but it's like your own personal treadmill. It's amazing. Get some steps, okay? Eat before you go on your flight. Yes, if your flight is 5 a.m. in the morning, do not eat. But have a nice big meal so you're not tempted by all the crap in the airport. Bring your own snacks. If your flight is three hours, guess what? you don't have to eat. You'll be okay. If your flight is six hours, you also truly don't have to eat, okay? Um, Unless you're flying to Australia, you can go without food for a flight, right? You're not going to die. You're not going to pass out. You'll be fine. Um, So you don't have to eat. Bring water. I know you can't bring gallons of water onto the airplane, but you can have some while you're waiting. You can buy some in the gift shop and they can give it to you on the plane. Drink water. Planes are super dehydrating. 
Um, and people like forget to drink when they travel, especially in the airport because they're nervous about getting it through or, you know, buying the most expensive water bottle ever besides MLB stadiums. But make sure you drink water. You are also allowed to say no to the snacks they give you. No, thank you. Okay. Those are words I want everybody to practice this holiday. No, thank you. Okay. Um, Some good snacks that are good for travel, beef jerky, um, tuna packets, dried fruit, dried fruit, vegetables, rice cakes, sandwiches you can make, protein shakes. Um, They all travel well. You can do it. Super easy if you really want to munch on something on the plane. Um, Get up and walk. I know it may be annoying, but if you're with your family, tell mom and dad to scoot. Tell your kids to scoot. I need to get up and walk around, stretch your legs. Stop worrying about what people are going to think of you. You're doing it for your own benefit. Um, Drink water. The more you drink, the more you're going to have to get up and go to the bathroom. Be a weirdo. Go to the bathroom. Do some high knees in there or steps in place. Just keep moving. Um, It's actually more beneficial than just steps when you move on the plane. You want to keep your blood flow. Everyone's ankles and feet swell from the altitude so much when you're on a plane. So the more you can keep your blood flow going, the less inflammation you're going to get. So there's multiple benefits to this. Um, But with that being said, the scale is 100% going to be up after you travel on a plane because of the swelling, the inflammation and whatnot. Okay. So that is not fat. You did not gain fat on a plane ride. You gained inflammation. Okay. If you are driving somewhere far, um, a good game plan is to chug water 30 to 40 minutes before you plan on stopping. So if you get gas at, you know, every time your tank hits, you know, a quarter of a tank left, right? That's your game plan. This When it gets to like one, I'm not good at math, crap, one half. So like one third left, drink 40 ounces of water. Okay. So by the time you pull up into a rest stop, it'll be perfect time to go to the bathroom. All right. So that's a good plan there. At the rest stop, park far away. Get up, do an extra lap, walk around the rest stop once and then go into the bathroom. Stretch your legs, right? You, I know I am a big, this is one of my biggest pet peeves is when people take a long time at the rest stop. Like get in, do your business, get out, let's get back in the car. But I don't think I could be mad at someone if they're like, I just wanna get my steps, I just wanna walk for a second, get my legs going. Can't really be mad at that. If you wanna sit and eat a checkers burger, then yeah, I'm going to have a problem with that. Um, I'll never forget, my husband and I drove down to Florida with my brother and sister-in-law. And we went into the rest stop quick and my we got food. And my brother-in-law started to sit down at a table and like unwrap his burger. And I swear, I almost had a heart attack. Like I got hot. I started seeing stars. And I was like, Tom, what's going on? He's like, we're eating. And I go, we're eating at the rest stop? Like, don't you just feel all those cars buzzing by us, getting to Florida first and like us sitting in traffic? Like, I just feel like I'm losing here. Like, I can't do this. So I put an awkward amount of pressure. I like stood over the table while he ate and I refused to open mine. And then we got back in the car eventually. But when I grew up, like you did not eat at the rest stop you peed, you jump back in. I'm lucky my dad even stopped the car for me to go to the bathroom. Um, but yeah, different families. I should do an episode one day on the differences of my family growing up and my husband's. It'd be pretty funny. All right. So when you're at the rest stop, walk, park far, get your steps in, 
do not even bring your like wallet into the rest stop because you don't want to be tempted. It is candy, chip, crappy food galore in there, right? So there's just no need to even bring your wallet and test that. Bring your phone in because if there's a Starbucks, you should have the app and you can get coffee or something like that. But don't even tempt yourself. Make it something, always put an obstacle or barrier between you and what possibly would cause you some issues. Um, Don't pack stupid snacks in the car, right? Don't bring a bag of Chex Mix and tell yourself you're just going to have a couple, okay? You don't just have a couple. You eat the whole damn bag, okay? We all know it. Don't bring Doritos and be like, well, it's for my husband. Yeah, well, guess whose hand is covered in nacho cheese at the end of the ride too? Yours, right? Just don't bring them in the car. Do not tempt your willpower. Bring raw vegetables. Bring um, cauliflower crackers. Bring things that you can mindlessly eat and your stomach's going to be too full by the time you even reach 100 calories, right? Like I think the cauliflower crackers from Aldi, you can have 44 crackers for one serving, like that's unbelievable. That's what you kind of need in the car. A whole bag of celery and carrots. You get your crunch. You could eat 74 rods of celery and it's 100 calories. All right. A bag of Chex Mix is 5,000. All right. So don't bring them in. Do not tempt yourself. If you do have snacks that you are bringing on this road trip, put them in the trunk. Okay. Um, again, bring fluids and make sure you drink. And again, you do not have to eat at a rest stop. Do not tempt yourself. Just leave your wallet in the car. Get coffee if you need. If you need water, just bring in like five bucks and that's it. Um, Some things that you can kind of do to help mindset wise, you can totally download some podcasts. Use this as quiet time. Uh, You can think about the boundaries you are going to set with your family once you arrive. You can think about the intentions for this holiday. Maybe you love Thanksgiving. So your intention for this holiday is to do what you want and eat and drink and love this day. Or maybe it's Christmas Eve and you're not huge on Christmas Eve. So your intention for this holiday is, is going to be to be super accurate with your macros, enjoy your family, but you don't love this holiday. So your intentions are different. Okay? Think about if you can Instacart or order some food to your final destination, right? If you're renting a car, look up grocery stores around it. So if you are staying in a hotel for whatever holiday this is, get groceries delivered to the hotel. You're allowed to do that. Call ahead for your hotel room and ask them if they have a mini fridge and a microwave in each room. And if they don't, ask if for like a small fee, you can get one. I would vote um, mini fridge over a microwave. Obviously both are great. Um, But ask, call, right? Advocate for yourself. If you are staying with in-laws or family member in general, see what grocery stores are around. See if you can Instacart food to their house. I'm sure they wouldn't wouldn't say no, right? I can't imagine if my cousin called me and they were like, can I send some groceries to your door? I, no would be the last thing that came out of my mouth, okay? So look ahead, plan ahead, have them there waiting for you. I have a whole post on Instagram about protein-based foods that are great for hotels, right? Oatmeal packets with berries and a protein shake. Jimmy Dean, simple scrambles with berries. Um, English muffin with low-sodium deli meat and hard-boiled eggs. Instant rice cups with cottage cheese and pre-grilled chicken. Tuna packets with a pita bread and mixed greens. There's endless amounts that you can make. Um, So you can totally stock up if you're saying, 
at a hotel or again if you're staying with family hopefully family is supportive and they are all for it there's got to be some room for you somewhere to keep a little bit of food and if you're driving bring like a picnic basket cooler so if they say sorry we have no room in our fridge because we're hosting no problem i have my own little cooler i'll throw in my room okay there are ways around everything and i know people get nervous to ask and family can be a little tricky sometimes but fuck it like ask or don't ask and just do it, right? Ask was it ask for forgiveness, not permission. Not the best lesson, but you're when you're trying to make yourself better and healthier, them saying no would be not very kind. Um, right? So Google the surrounding area. Are is there a Trader Joe's, a Whole Foods, little markets, healthier fast food options like in Chick-fil-A or Panera or something like that? Um, are there gyms with day or week passes? Almost every single gym known to man will let you come in for some sort of fee, especially during the holidays when they know people are traveling. They have a week pass. They have a day pass. Yeah, it's going to be pricier, like maybe 20 bucks a day. But again, is it worth it? And probably like most of you guys spend $7 on a coffee. You can spend 20 bucks to go to the gym for a day. Okay, look if there's parks to go for walks. Prep yourself, okay? either on the plane or in the car. You have plenty of time to look things up. Right? There is no way wherever you are going, right? those people want you with them 24-7. If you're going to great Aunt Cindy's house, she loves you, but she doesn't want you there all day. All right? If I had my family come visit me, I don't really have family, so I'm not hurting anyone's feelings here. But if my relatives came to all stay with me for the holidays and they wanted to go out for a walk or go to the gym, I would buy that pass for them. Yes, please, scoot, get out of the house for a little bit. I don't need you here from sunup to sundown. You're not hurting anybody's feelings. Okay? Um, if your family is planning to eat out for holidays, look up the restaurant ahead of time. Call the restaurant. Ask them questions. How do you prepare your steaks? Do you use butter or oil? Is a customer allowed to request they th that you don't use that? Um, again, you don't need to use your name. They could have no idea who this person is. You're going to walk in three days later. They're not going to be like, oh, that must be the girl that called three days ago and said, can you not use butter on my steak? You don't have that label over your head. They have absolutely no idea who you were. Right? So don't feel embarrassed. Ask. Be able to track. It's the best choice. All right. When thinking about measuring food, I do not suggest that you bring your food scale places. Um, I do think that's a little bit too type A, and everyone knows I love my type A's. But that's a little much, right? We, we don't – unless we're prepping for, you know, a bodybuilding show, we can estimate every once in a while. Right, So you don't need to bring your scale. If you're in a cut and you're going to somewhere very safe and supportive and you want to bring your scale, that's different. right? Like If your family is so supportive and you're going to bring your scale to Thanksgiving dinner because you're in a cut and you want to stay on track and they love and support that, go for it. But if you're going out to dinner for Christmas Eve, you don't need to whip out your scale in the middle of the restaurant. Um, so just some ideas, right? Your palm, everyone look at your palm is about three ounces, right? If you're a six foot five dude, it might be a little bigger. Um, I have small hands, unfortunately, so mine's mine's probably like two and a half, three. Um, your thumb, 
like the tip of your thumb is around two tablespoons and that's a great estimate for fat for like butters. Uh, if you make a cupped hand, that's around a half a cup or one ounce and a fist is about one full cup and that's really it. Like your hand is a good little cheat sheet. I can put a visual for that on the show notes. I also have a holiday guide that has that visual in it and feel free to use the biggest hand at the table. That's fine. Um, And again, always, always account for extra oil or butter if you are not actually cooking the meal. Even if your mom says she's not using that much, she's using that much. The restaurant is using that much, at least two tablespoons extra, right? So you have to log two tablespoons butter, two two tablespoons oil, unless you specify none and you trust them or you actually watch over your mother cook. Okay, so you have to add that in. I'm sorry, it's a fat killer, but that's the truth. Now I'm gonna kind of talk about specific things for if you're trying to maintain your weight throughout the holidays or if you're trying to cut, all right? They are very similar, which is a couple of tweaks because in reality, a diet should not be that much different than maintenance, just smaller amounts and a couple substitutes here and there. So there's not a completely different chapter on how to eat during the holidays if you're maintaining compared to a diet or a cut. They're they're very similar, interchangeable. So first off, for anyone that's not like counting macros or got confused with what I meant by maintenance, maintenance is when you are eating as much as you are burning. So it's a spot where you want to be, right? Nice. It's like the perfect equilibrium where you're burning 2,000 calories a day and your goal is to eat 2,000 calories today, right? And this should pretty much be 90% of people during the holidays. It is very rare that I will ever put a person in a cut over the holidays. Some people asked and some people promised. Um, But for the most part, you shouldn't be taking on a cut from like October to February. It's a really rough time. Plus it's the winter in most spots and that's when we hibernate and get bigger. So most people should be in maintenance during this time where we just kind of want to come out of the holidays even, right? We don't want to be 10 pounds heavier once January 2nd hits. So we call this breaking even. The first thing you want to do, right, is look at your holiday calendar. Now, when this episode comes out in like two weeks, right, it would be, I think it's like going to be November 18th. You should know what you're doing for Thanksgiving by then. Thanksgiving is like five days away. And you should have some sort of idea, Christmas plans. People don't really just spring up Christmas on you, right? So we should have most holiday parties, luncheons kind of on our calendar by then, right? So we can do different kind of holiday parties, office parties, um, actual holidays, where you're going to be, if you're going to be hosting, if you're going to be out, any kind of events, right? You should know about them. It's very unlikely that someone's going to surprise you with a Christmas party, Um, And guess what? If they do, you can say no. You can say no. You can skip it. You can say, oh, shoot, sorry. I have something that day. They're not going to be like, prove it. Show me your Google calendar. Okay. And if they do, they suck. So just skip it. Um, Okay. So then you're going to look at your calendar and you're going to figure out what events are the most important. Right? There are seven weeks left in this holiday season. So let's name seven days that you are going to have to plan differently for or quote unquote go off track, even though it's not off track. 
if you give yourself seven holiday days in these seven weeks, that's still 86% adherent for these seven weeks. That's good. 86% for the holiday season is top notch. I will be okay with that. Even though that's a B plus, we're okay with that in the A minus life for the holidays. Um, Again, when I say go off track, it's not off track from sunup to sundown with no plan or accountability, right? It's just a different plan from your normal four to five meals and everything like that, right? It's not like the second you wake up, you can shove a bacon, egg and cheese in your mouth, have Chinese food for dinner, have Christmas dinner, and then have dessert. It's not sunup to sundown wildness. Um, Once you name those seven days or you, you know, circle, even circle five. So you have two that in case they come up, you can manage, Right. Now we need to create action steps that are going to let you enjoy these holidays, but also maintain your current physique and goals, right? First, what is this event or what is this day that you circled? Is it a luncheon? Is it your office work party that you love? Is it a Friendsgiving that you love? It is a girls night with board party or is it a wedding? What is it, right? Different events call for different plans of action, right? And then the next thing, once you identify what the event is, is what do you love most about this event, right? If it's a whole entire wedding, you can't just be like, I love the whole thing. I'm going to hammer cocktail hour. I'm going to drink in the car, not driving, on the way there to pregame it. I'm going to order the biggest entree possible while double fisting vodka sodas and eat the dessert bar till I can't fit in my dress anymore, right? Like, We can love the event, but there should be certain things we love about the event most. Is cocktail hour your love language? Do you just love cocktail hour? That's fine. Drinks. Do you you love a good Mai Tai or a margarita? Drinking socially with your friends is your favorite. Or is it the entree? Is it the main course? You're a foodie. Give me the main course. Nice big meal to fill my belly. Is it dessert? Are you a sweet tooth, right? Can you eat pints and pints of ice cream and that's what brings you joy? right? We don't need to have just one yummy thing, right? We don't need to just pick one, but it's going to be very hard to maintain if we go to our office holiday party, smash all the pigs in the blanket, drink 45 Cosmos, throw back a 12 ounce ribeye and, you know, walk out with a bag full of dessert, okay? So we can't necessarily go balls to the wall for every single part of this event. My guideline that I like to tell people is pick two things, right? Pick cocktail hour and drinks. The rest be very mindful for. Or pick drinks and the entree. Or pick the entree and dessert. Or it doesn't mean you don't eat those things. I'm not telling you to skip the entree if that's not one of your favorites. But instead of picking the 16-ounce ribeye, pick the chicken breast or something, right? So pick two things about the event that you love the most. The next thing you're going to do, right, is you're going to structure the rest of your day around this event. These events may be different times of the day, but no matter what, you should be able to plan those first and work backwards. So let's say you have a holiday office party, but it's like, it's a, I just learned this term, thanks to my friend Ashley and her trendy younger sister, it's a darty. A darty is a day party, which I am a big fan of. So now this is my new favorite word. Let's say this office party is a darty, right? It's a Saturday, starts at one, ends at seven or something like that. 
you can go into your MyFitnessPal or chronometer and pre-log what you think you're going to eat. It doesn't have to be exactly what they're going to have, but let's say I picked, I really want to drink with my friends and I want to snack on some things. So I'm going to log five tequila sodas. Okay, I have those calories in. Then I'm going to just Google random appetizers. I'm going to have, you know, a half a quesadilla and some boneless buffalo wings. I put those in. Now I see what I'm left for the rest of the day, right? I'm working backwards. Now I know how to plan the morning. Now I know how to plan maybe after 7 o'clock and I'm hungry. Whatever calories you are left with, figure out a plan of action. Okay. You may not stick to those exact things that you planned for the party, but at least there's an estimate. Okay. You might even under, who knows, right? Most likely you're going to need to condense two of your meals prior in the day to one to make it very protein focused and to save those carbs and fats for the event. So all my girls know this. If they're if you're going out to dinner or something, combine your breakfast and lunch, make it a brunch. Yes, most coaches will say, don't change anything. Eat your four meals, do your workout, do your... Okay, yeah, maybe, but I want to eat a nice big dinner when I go out. So I combine my breakfast and lunch into one four to 500 calorie protein-dense volume meal. So I have another 400 calories to throw onto my dinner out. Okay. If you are a dinner entree person, right? Maybe go easy on the drinks and split a dessert. If you're a drinks person, please do not do or mix things that are calorie dense. Get away from the pina coladas, strawberry daiquiris, or the crazy signature drinks that have all the fruit juices in them because those are almost worse than the booze itself, right? A crazy signature drink that has four different kind of purees in it the purees alone can be like 300 calories and then the tequila can be 100 right so i know they're delicious maybe have one but stick to no calorie mixers okay if you're if you want four to five drinks they cannot be five drinks that are 300 calories each right so stick to vodka sodas tequila sodas diet coke stuff like that um and if you want drinks you have to go lighter on your carbs and fats for the rest of the day, even at the event itself, because alcohol sucks up those carbs and fats. If you are a sweet tooth, a dessert person, maybe, you know, either order two for the table and try them, order one, um, don't eat real food at all and just get two desserts yourself, lol, huh. um, but go for lean meats. Skip on the appetizer, skip on the bread basket, have your dinner, but save those ro- that room for the desserts. Um, now, the honest part. If you're like me and you shook your head to being like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm the, I'm the entree person. Oh, wait, no, I like to drink. Oh, wait, but I like desserts too. You're just fucked. Throw in the towel. <laughs> just kidding. Don't do that. Um, some advice, right? Pick lean meats. Get the chicken breast. Get the filet. Um, space out your drinks with water or diet soda. Diet Cokes are my best friend when I'm trying to not booze as much. Okay, they are enjoyable. I like them. I have a drink in my hand. It's a great little hack for me. Um, Use a lot of mixer in your drink. 
So if you're making these yourself, if you're at like a house party or just, you know, a holiday dinner or ask the bartender, like, can I have a pint glass, but can it be very much filled with seltzer or, you know, seven eighths filled with Diet Coke, put one shot in there, but make it a big drink. So it takes you longer, right? The drinks they give you at the bar sometimes are six ounces. You slurp them down in three seconds. Okay, ask for more mixer so it takes you longer. Um, Use a very small dessert plate at your holiday events. Don't use a dinner plate for dessert. Cut things into little pieces. Rip them off. No one's going to judge you. You don't need to take a whole entire slice of everything. Go for a walk after dinner, right, so you can get things moving. Um, It helps with digestion. And then maybe you also miss out on some of the mindless snacking or picking while you're just sitting at the table talking to your aunts and uncles, right? Sometimes I find myself, if I'm just sitting in conversation after dinner, I'll pick at things on my plate that I'm I'm not even wanting. It's just that I'm there sitting. So clear your plate, get it away from you, go outside, go outside with the kids, play with them. Um, also, you're allowed to leave the party, the darty, or the holiday dinner before people. You don't need to be the last one standing, Um it's okay to go before, you know, everyone's in bed. So you can be an early exit. Okay. Um, those are just, again, some of the maintaining ones. Also, I'll get into this a little bit more later, but try not to take leftovers. Again, that's just fighting your willpower. All right. If you're in a cut. Now, again, this is shitty. I'm not going to lie. A cut over the holidays is freaking hard because even if you do your absolute best, unless you hide in your house from November to January 2nd, the scale is going to be a little tricky because again, you're eating meals out. And we always say you want to have zero to one meals out on a cut. It's just not ideal. So if you're in a cut with your coach or in your head, um, first, don't pick the holidays to do it. Okay. I know people start new year, new me, but it does make a little bit of sense, right? No one wants to be in a cut on Christmas dinner. But you're going to follow the same beginning steps as someone who would be in maintenance. But you don't have the luxury of picking seven days out of seven weeks. You cannot have one bender every week and be on a cut because you can easily out-eat your deficit in one day. So cuts usually range from eight to 16 weeks-ish. So first, you have to assess the length of your cut. If your cut is for a small amount of time, you have to be even more dialed in. If your cut's a little longer, you have a little bit more flexibility. So you have to look at that first. So your length of your cut depends on how many off days you can have. I would say your goal can't be more than three in this seven-week period, right? You have to only allot yourself one to three days of not, you know, perfect little macros. And that's still 90 to 90, 92 to 98% adherent, which is still great for a cut. Now, again, the fact that there are only truly four holidays in this time period, one to three off days is pretty perfect. Three out of four holidays, enjoying yourself on a cut is pretty awesome. Um, you can skip maybe Christmas Day, right? Christmas Day sometimes isn't as celebratory as Christmas Eve. Or, you know, Christmas Eve, 
I know that would be easy for me. Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve, I meant New Year's Eve. I go to bed at nine o'clock. So that would be an easy holiday that I crossed off the list. No need to celebrate there. I surely am not staying up till midnight. So you don't have the luxury of picking seven, but one to three would be my suggestion. Then once again, you're really gonna follow the same guidelines, right? You're gonna look ahead at your calendar. You're gonna look ahead at the events. You're gonna pick the events that you're gonna allow yourself some more freedom. Then you're gonna prioritize what about that event you love the most and you're gonna allow yourself the most freedom around that specific part of the event, right? It is still very important to set boundaries and then structure your day around that event. Do the same exact thing. Go back into my fitness pal, log the event. Maybe you don't eat the boneless buffalo wings this time, you just have the quesadilla, and instead of five vodka sodas, you have two, right? Or you just go, you don't drink over the holiday, right? Booze is an easy one to not in, indulge in, especially if you're a mom. You did it for nine months, you can do it for three days, okay? And I love to have my social drinks, don't get me wrong. It's not as, I know it's easier said than done, but we've all done it before, it's possible. Um, so still a couple more tips and tricks, more so I guess for my cut people who have to be a little bit more serious or restrictive, but anyone can follow these. And again, I'm gonna throw my PSA out there. Yeah, I know these are not the most food relationship friendly mindset hacks, but again, I think they're honest, I think they're relatable, and I think people are people do them even though they pretend like they don't. First thing, don't put yourself by the food. For some reason, women always hover over the island because we're usually in the kitchen and the men are somewhere else. Like, you know how they always split up. But don't surround yourself with the food. Get away from the food table. Get away from the appetizers. Don't stand over them. So before you know it, you're just eating without even realizing it. Okay. Um, if you're at a restaurant or an office party, don't stand by the buffet or sit by the you know the door where the waiters and waitresses come out of with the food. Put physical barriers between you and the temptations. You have to. Testing willpower 24-7 every day does not work. Okay? Don't have things in arm's reach. Make it a point where you're going to have to get up, walk to get something. Right? Because maybe in that walk you realize that you don't actually need it. Um, hold drinks and non-alcoholic drinks in your hands. Right? If your hands are full, guess what you're not going to grab? Food. Now, don't have your hands full with two bourbons, but have a seltzer in one hand so you only have one hand to grab something. You can't just carry a whole plate. Having your hands full is a barrier that you might not even realize from eating. Um, And if your hands are full, sometimes you feel more like socially part of what's going on because people just don't know what to do with their damn hands. I'm guilty of that. Chew gum. Okay, if you have gum in your mouth, you won't eat. Yes, you can easily throw the gum out. I know there are ways to get around all this, but at least you're having to make the choice of taking the gum out of your mouth to do the thing that you're trying not to do. Um, get a seltzer with a lime or a splash of cranberry. It's going to seem like you're drinking even in your own head. All right, a good drink, you can't taste the booze. All right, that's what makes it a good drink sometimes. So if you just have the drink without the alcohol in it, you might just forget and think you're drinking and there you go. But again, like I said before, careful on the mocktails because mocktails can pack a serious calorie count. Again, worse than like a vodka soda would. 
So yes, it's not booze in entering your system, which is technically poison, but 300, 400 calories for a mocktail, have the damn beer. Um, so just be careful on that, right? Like one of my clients the other day was so proud of herself and I was proud of her too. She didn't drink, but she was ordering Shirley Temples, right? Flashback to when you were 12. But I was like, just be careful because Shirley Temples can have a lot of calories in them and there's a lot of sugar. So she didn't even think of it, right? Her main goal was to not drink, which she did. And again, so proud of that. But just be mindful of what you're choosing to drink instead. Um if it is a cocktail hour or there's appetizers, try and stick to the raw vegetables. Every cocktail hour has those. Uh, don't, you know, make your celery go swimming in the ranch dressing, but stick to raw vegetables. There's usually fruit. There's lean meats. Cocktail hour has some great choices. Um, just find yourself by those. Don't go, you know, knees deep in the crackers and cheese and the fried yumminess. Um and if you're going to have a hard time, I'm a big believer in don't don't let yourself have a little nibble or a little taste because sometimes that just opens the floodgates. I know that if a bag of gummy bears stays closed in my house, I could have it closed in my house for seven years. The second I open it or the second someone opens it, I swear the gummy bears talk to me and I hear voices and I have to eat them. So if tasting something opens up a bigger or a harder path for you to avoid it just don't skip it um fill your plate with protein first and make it a lot and use the remainder of the little space for other sides this is a good one for like buffets um they usually put actually i don't know i'm making this up i feel like they usually put sides first but i don't think there's any real method behind the madness but fill your plate up with protein, 75% of it. And whatever little space is left is where you can put your sides. Now, don't pile your plate as high as Mount Everest and be like, see, look, I can do it all. But leave little room for sides and that's where you're going to put it. Um, Be careful with salad, right? Salad is a great way to fill your plate, right? And, And also fill your belly, but be careful with the toppings on the salad. Be careful with the dressing because sometimes the toppings and the dressing can be, again, just as bad as, you know, bacon-wrapped bacon. The, the dried fruit, the nuts, the avocado, the Parmesan chips and all that stuff, those can really add up and so can the dressing. So just be wary or weary of salads. Stick to the lettuce and a dab of dressing, but that is a good choice as well. Um, Go for walks in between courses or just randomly, right? It's going to help digestion 100% and it's going to get steps in. And again, it's going to get you away from the party for a second. It's going to remove the, oh my God, I want this so bad. Oh my God, I want this so bad. You're not going to see it. All right, you're going to get outside. You're going to move. You're going to play with the kids. You're going to get your metabolism going. Try and get outside. Try and go for a walk. Take the long way to the bathroom if you're in a restaurant. Just get up and move a little bit more than just sitting at the table telling yourself, okay, don't eat anymore, don't eat anymore, right? Again, it's all about avoiding the willpower battle between you and the hungry man inside you. Um, Desserts, right? If you have a dessert bar and you want to try everything and you're drooling and you love desserts, that's fine. Just rip pieces off. Take one-eighth of the slice of pie. Okay, or be that annoying person that asks your significant other, can I just try that? Can I just try that? I know it's super annoying, but 
forget them. We're talking about you. You're the important one here. So figure out what's best for you. Is it best for you to demolish one whole slice of pumpkin pie and call it quits? Is it best for you to take a tiny bit of a cookie, a tiny bit of pie, a tiny bit of this, fill your plate up with like random pieces, and then that's it? Um, don't linger. Right? Don't stay at the party or the house till the lights go off. That's just another time for you to pick on stuff. Sometimes I get hungry again with how long I stay at holiday parties and no one needs that. And work out, right? Make the rest of your, and this is a big one, make the rest of your day as routine as possible. Get up, get your steps in, maybe even get more steps in than normal Get your workout in, drink your water, keep your habits the same. Even if you can't get to the gym to do a full workout, go to the gym and walk for 20 minutes because it's the it's the um, the repetition of actually getting in your car and going that like not tricks your body but tells your body you're still in routine, you're still in habit. It's not necessarily going in and crushing the weight, right? It's the fact that at 9 a.m., I drink my coffee. At 9.30, I get in the car and go to the gym. I'm keeping routine. This is just another day. It's nothing crazy. So try and do the things that you normally do, right? And then another important thing, I swear I had this written down because it makes me laugh. And I, th- I might repeat myself later on when I see it. But don't take leftovers, okay? Um my in-laws are notorious for this. They don't eat leftovers and they overcook. So I, they, they buy bulk size Tupperwares every single party they have from Costco because they know they're sending everybody home with an insane amount of food. And every time I say, no, 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 it's fine. No, we don't need it. No, we don't need it. Before I blink or I don't know, I black out and something happens and I find myself walking out the door saying goodbye and have a good night and there is a grocery bag filled with Tupperwares in my hand every single time. And I have a problem with throwing away food. It was just how I was raised. It's just money down the drain. It's, you know, so I will eat them. So do your best to not leave with leftovers. You don't need them. Now, another really important thing with the holidays is prepping for the next day before this event happens, right? One of the biggest uh uh-ohs is when you enjoy an event and you under-eat during it, but you over-drink, and then you get all the cravings at night or in the next day, right? I have found myself in line at Taco Bell on Thanksgiving and not just once, right? Because I'm so worried, not even worried, but I'm so into not overeating at Thanksgiving that I undereat and dinner's at like five. So I'm starving by nine, 10 o'clock and I had some drinks. So I go get Taco Bell, right? Not what we want to happen, right? I'd rather we eat more turkey and green beans than end up in the Taco Bell line. Do not get so hammered that you wake up the next day hungover with no plan and you crave all the greasy, all the salty foods, wake up, have a bacon, egg, and cheese, then order Chinese food for lunch just to help your hangover, right? Don't let the party carry over into the next day. Make it a one-day thing. Don't have easy, leftover, cruddy meals ready for you to eat either, right? We want you to have prepped 
So there is no excuse for takeout. There's no excuse for ending up in Taco Bell. You have your prepped meal in the fridge ready to go for the next day. Remember, turning the holidays into 60 days of shit is what really screws people. If you just, you know, eat what you want on those four days, it's no big deal. It's the domino effect of, all right, I ate like shit yesterday. I'm a little hungover. I'm going to eat like shit again today. I don't really have time to prep. So the next day I'm kind of kind of eat like shit, right? It's that domino effect we want to get rid of. Have your meals prepped. Have a non-negotiable about eating them. Suck it up right? Oh, poor me. I don't get my Chinese food when I'm hungover. Too bad. You're a grown up. Move on. Eat your meal prep. Figure it out. Get to the gym. Even if it's a day off, technically, get there. Go for a walk. Get the food moving. Get a sweat. It'll help your hangover. Drink your water. Keep routine. Do not let the holiday domino effect into 60 days. Um, Some other little tips and tricks, I guess, that I like to give people is coffee is a good placeholder for the oh shoot I'm I'm hungry right I just made my brunch lunch so I I combined my first meal at 12 dinner's not till six it's now three and I'm really hungry right yes of course you can eat remember I'm not telling you to starve yourself eat it's one day but if you really want to be saving that those macros make some decaf right it is a meal uh, a hunger suppressant so have some coffee, right? You don't want to starve yourself and only drink coffee. Not what I'm saying. But if you're trying to combine meals and save co- uh, save calories, a coffee midday is a great help, okay? Again, you can also do decaf so you're not like shaking a Christmas dinner. Um, think of volume when you're trying to conserve calories. The bigger low-calorie meals can make you feel fuller for longer while not taking a third of your calorie allotment, right? So a plate of egg whites with six rice cakes is going to take up a lot of volume in your stomach, okay? But it's not going to be crazy calories. So think of volume hacks. I also have a bunch of posts on that. Um, Some of the things are like egg whites, big salads with minimal toppings and skinny girl dressing, right? Salad is a, you could have a whole family size thing of spinach for like 30 calories. Um, Greek yogurt fruit bowls, you could have two cups of non-fat Greek yogurt with an assortment of fruit. Yes, it's mostly carb-based, the fruit, but even still, the volume is worth the calories. Um, rice cakes, another great snack that not that many calories, nice big volume. Another hack is during your 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 possible meal time. So what I mean here is. Let's say you're skipping breakfast, right? And you're because you're gonna you're gonna combine your breakfast and lunch, and you usually eat breakfast around nine, and you're starting to hear hear your stomach grumble. Go to the gym then, like do something that's gonna get your mind off eating. Don't just be sitting at home and be like, okay, we're not gonna eat breakfast right now because all you're gonna think about is going into the fridge and eating. So, for example, on Saturdays, I always combine my breakfast and lunch. Even if I don't have plans, I always assume something is going to happen on a Saturday where I might need some extra calories. So I always, always combine my breakfast and lunch on Saturdays. But I also always go to the gym around 9, 9.30. So my mind is not on eating from 8.45 till about 11 when we get back. And by that time, it's almost time for my brunch. So put something else in place of where your meal was that you're skipping. Takes your mind off of it. You're not testing your willpower. Once again, get out of the house. 
do something, right? It's easier to skip a meal when you're not home staring at the fridge. This next piece of advice, I'm going to laugh because I'm going to be a complete hypocrite while I tell you it. And again, I'm always going to be honest with you. I am definitely no perfect specimen with nutrition and fitness. I do my best. But (laughs) this is such bullshit coming from me. But you are allowed to eat until you feel about 80% full. Mindy, I know you're laughing at this and Jamie, Um, right? Or that you're just not hungry anymore. You don't have to eat till you're like in pain rolling around on the floor, which again, I've been, I've done that multiple times, not just on holidays, right? You're allowed to just eat to feel okay again, where you're like, okay, I'm not hungry anymore. I'm going to stop. It is easier said than done. Uh, Food is so delicious. I'm that person that eats. Nope. I live to eat. I don't eat to live. But some hacks at your meal. Drink a lot of water at your meal or drinks, right? Fluids fill up your stomach. So have a ton of water or seltzer while you're drinking. It's going to make you feel fuller. Eat slow. This is a big problem of mine. My mom was always like, you don't have any siblings. No one is stealing the food. Why are you eating so fast? Or she'd be like, you know you're allowed to put your fork down between like bites and stuff, right? I was like, I am? Um, eat slow. Give your brain time to register the food coming in. You can eat faster than your brain recognizes, so slow down. Eat the protein first, right? Don't go for the sides first. Eat your protein, fill your belly, and then if there's room, that's when you attack the sides because you want to make sure your protein is eaten. It's okay if you leave some of the mashed potatoes. Um Get your protein grilled or baked, not fried or breaded. Um, Take a breather and then go to the sides. Also, one of my clients made an actually great point where I always like, you know, suggest veggies as a side, sub for veggies, sub for veggies. But a lot of restaurants cook vegetables in a ton of oil. So vegetables are not always a safe bet. Like you shouldn't just be like, well, I had vegetables for dinner. Those vegetables may be sitting in olive oil. So assess the place you are, maybe ask them how they cook them, ask them if they could be steamed. But vegetables are not always quote unquote healthy. So sometimes rice or a potato is actually a better choice than vegetables soaked in olive oil. So just be wary of that. Um, If you're hosting holidays, this is awesome. This is awesome for your diet, for your macros. Not so much your mental health, but you can control the recipes. You can tell people to bring stuff that you don't really like. I do this a lot. Like I'll tell people to bring certain sides that I really have no interest in, but I know other people like. I'm not huge on like mac and cheese. So I'll tell people to bring mac and cheese. I can easily avoid that. Or um, what else? I don't. There's so many things I just love that it's hard, but For desserts, maybe I'll be like, bring a pecan pie. I could skip that any day, but other people love it. So be a little selfish. You don't have to tell them you're doing that, but tell people to bring sides that you know most people like, but you can easily avoid. There's less that you have to, you know, hold yourself away from. You can make dishes that you know are easy to track and quote unquote safe. This doesn't mean that every dish you make has to be macro friendly right? You don't have to get the shit from your family. Like, is everything going to be healthy? Like, all right, relax, Karen. Like, yeah, everything's going to be healthy. Healthy can be delicious, right? Like they would have no idea. 
half the time when I make food and like it's a sub like cauliflower or anything like that, my dad has absolutely no idea. But if I told him beforehand, he'd make some snarky comment, right? So you can weigh the recipes. You can make five macro-friendly recipes and five non, and you just stick to the ones you know. So hosting is definitely the better choice for having more control. But again, I'm not sure if it's worth the mental stress. And again, dessert. Tell people to bring stuff that you don't necessarily love and you make one thing that you feel okay with and that you can track. If you are not hosting, offer to bring something that you feel safe with. Do the opposite, right? If they say no, fuck it, bring it anyway. They're not going to throw it out. And it's never rude to bring food to someone's house. So, or again, just don't ask. Just show up with it. Oh, here's a side I made or here's a dessert I made. I'm such a kind person. Um, But no that it's a safe place for you to be eating it. Um, Be careful with this next step because I am a victim of this. Be careful with the belief of, okay, I'm going to eat before I go. That is a great idea, but it's very hard for some people to stick to this, aka me. Um, If you can stick to that, if you can say, I'm going to eat before I go and then just like hang out, brilliant. High five, you're a superhero. Um, I think 99% of the time when I tell myself that, I just end up eating double because I eat before I go and then I fucking eat there too. So again, the idea is great. Just make sure if you're a, if that's your plan, you actually don't eat when you go to the event. Um, if not, just save the calories, right? Don't be like, I'm going to eat before I go and not eat there. It's a little bit trickier than that leftovers. Ah, here it is, right? Best option, don't take any. Um, Or if you're hosting, buy plastic Tupperwares, learn from my in-laws and give them away. Legit pack them up for people. Don't tell people to pack them themselves. Don't ask them if they want leftovers. Just pack them for them. And this is why my in-laws are brilliant at this because they don't ask. They don't ask me to take stuff, right? They're not like, Case, make a plate to go. Take stuff to go. They don't even, it's not even an option. Before I know it, I have four Tupperwares made in a bag with my kids' jackets in it. Like, it just happens every time. They get me every time. So do it for people, right? Buy those plastic Tupperwares. As you're cleaning up, put food in them and give them to them on the way out. Like, throw them in their purse. They can't, and you know, if it's on them. If they want to eat it, they eat it. If not, but it's not in your house. Um, If there are stuff left over in your house, or you do, like me, end up taking some leftovers, You can use the lean meats uh, again. You can use them in soups. You can use them on sandwiches. You can use them in your eggs. There's a lot of great options for the protein sources. Usually the sides don't even hold up that well. So after like one or two days, toss it. Um, You don't need to be eating mac and cheese and mashed potatoes for four days, right? If these are the leftovers you made and you absolutely love them, eat them, use them, especially if you made them and you can track them. But two days see you later. And again, it really should be no more sides. Sides get mushy. You don't really want them. Give them to your husband. Um, Give them to your high school son who can eat whatever and never gain weight. Um, Desserts. Bring them to your office. It's funny that I say this because I always rant to my clients about how unhealthy their offices are and how gross like the lunchrooms are with donuts and candy and all the crap. But do it anyway. Bring it for them. Um, Make other people test their willpower, not you. 
And again, or if you're a teacher, give them to your high school kids. Their metabolisms are freaking Energizer bunnies anyway. All right, now when looking at steps, a good plan, right? 30 minutes, separate them. 30 minute walk in the morning, 30 minute walk at lunch, 30 minute walk in the evening. If you have a walking pad, phenomenal. If you have a treadmill, phenomenal. If you still live in a place where it's warm out, I'm jealous, get outside. Um, Please do not say I can't get up in the morning, right? Because I'm pretty sure if I was like, if you get up at 5 a.m., I'm going to give you a million dollars. Guess whose ass would be out of bed? Yours. So it's not that you can't get up in the morning. It's that you don't want to. But on Thanksgiving morning, get up, right? Add steps before and after your workout. If you usually just walk in the beginning and then leave at the end, get back on the treadmill, walk 10 more minutes. Be busy, right? I know I feel the eye rolls on me. Yes, I know everyone's busy during the holidays, but you can get in a good amount of steps, cooking, cleaning, prepping, running around the house. And for the one of the first times in my life, I'm going to tell you to be not as crap. What's that word? We're efficient. There you go. Be less efficient. Forget things upstairs or take more trips downstairs or don't grab as many things in your arms. Make more trips. Be less efficient. You'll get more steps in. Might take a little bit more time, but you'll get more steps in. And the best idea ever for steps is be that family that signs up for a 5K turkey trot. All right. That meme in my head is flashing. It's like when you realize you signed up for, you married a girl that signs up for turkey trots or something, right? Yeah, I know they get a lot of eye rolls and I know they're annoying and most people hate them, but they're usually fun. A lot of people go um, three miles down the hatch in 30 minutes. Your whole family goes. It's not bad. But also remember, it's just a 5K. That does not give you free reign on Thanksgiving. Like you ran three miles. That is not long. It is not that hard. It is not that many calories. Even if your Apple Watch says you burned 400, 500 calories, you didn't um, unless you're 700 pounds. So it's a great thing for steps. It is not your excuse to like go balls to the wall. It is only three miles. Um, Water should be pretty easy. Fill your jug up. Have your bottle attached to you. Bring it everywhere. Have it on the kitchen table. Throw some LMNT in there. You need your electrolytes. You need your salt. Um, if you drink your creatine, keep it going. Don't forget about it over the holidays. More trips to the bathroom equals more steps. Also equals less time by the food. Okay, Do what the dads do. Hide in the bathroom for 40 minutes doing whatever they are doing. You're not eating food for 40 minutes. That's for sure. Um, try to front load your water. Don't save it all for dinner because then you might not get it in. So be like seven eighths of the way done with your water intake by the time dinner is there. Now, the last thing, my last little, not my last, last one, but kind of is, is how to handle booze. Now, I know you're not going to want to hear it. You might turn this podcast off now, but we have to go over it and it's going to burst a lot of bubbles. And again, I don't always listen myself. I do drink, um, but it is a nutrition killer, right? Booze is not a macro or a micronutrient. It is not a fat. It is not a carb. It is not a protein. It is handled completely different by the body than anything else. And your body actually identifies it as a poison when it enters. And it, your body shuts down all the other like non-life essential things going on to get that alcohol out of your body. So you stop burning fat, your immune system slows down, just to get this alcohol out. So 
It is very different. It is hard to track no matter what since it is its own like mystery item. But for anyone tracking calories and macros, we do allocate alcohol calories to the carbs and the fat gram category. We do not count it as a protein because we want to eat all our protein still. So if you are one of my clients, we've gone over this a hundred times, um, but you have to count it differently. You cannot just look it up in my fitness pal. It does not have the correct macros. Everybody hear that. Do not just look up your booze in my fitness pal. It will not be right. If you don't trust me, do it. Look up like a high noon in my fitness pal or a glass of red wine. It may say a hundred calories, but then it's going to be like two carbs. Well, we know that a carb is four calories. So if a glass of wine is only two carbs, that means the glass of wine would be only eight calories according to my fitness pal. And yes, that would be an amazing thing, but we know that's not true. So we cannot just look it up and log it. You have to quick add it. You have to input it yourself. Um, the marketing for booze is a bunch of bullshit, right? The no sugar alcohol or the one carb drink is all lies. They can say that because alcohol isn't technically a carb or a fat, right? They're all low carb because they're not carbs. So do not drink something and be like, oh, it's only two carbs. It's no big deal. It's the same amount of calories, same amount of damage it's doing to you. So 100 calories of booze is 100 calories of booze, whether it's wine, whether it's a White Claw, whether it's bourbon or cider. Yes, some may have a little bit more sugar in them, but 100 calories is 100 calories. Don't let the marketing confuse you. Just focus on the calories. Okay? It is not any different caloric-wise. They may make you feel different the next day. They may bloat you differently. But the calories and the you know lies about the carbs are lies. Um, I can, again, tag a post I have on this to help you log it. But do not just look it up. Some tips I like to do myself when thinking about limiting my alcohol. Um, again, do not add calories just to do mixers. It is a waste of time. Um, use diet sodas. Use seltzer. That's it, right? Again, we don't need crazy cocktails or crazy purees in our drinks. We're not 21 at a resort. We're fucking adults. Have it straight or have it with seltzer. Um Do not drink with a straw. So straws are made for slurping and drinking faster. That's why bars give you straws. So you drink faster and you go spend more money. Take the straw out. Just bring it to your lips. It makes you drink the drink in like half, no, double the time. Um, So take your straw out. Put a lot of mixer in it. I said that before. So the drink is bigger and try and rotate. Have a drink, have a water. Have a drink, have a water. It will not only slow you down, but it'll make you feel a hell of a lot better the next day. Um, so let's say things don't go as planned. Uncle Chad overserved you. It happens to all of us. Now you are hungover AF the next day. Do not lay in bed all day. I mean, if anyone here is a parent, you don't have that option anyway. So hopefully you didn't get hungover because hungover with young kids is actually cruel and unusual punishment. So I'm hoping that no one lands himself in that scenario. I don't even care about how you damage your nutrition. It's just not fair to any human. If you have older kids that can take care of themselves, 
not as bad if you are without kids. Still, do not lay in bed all day. Don't be a slug. Again, this is the domino effect we're trying to avoid. Do not order takeout and lather yourself in greasy, oily foods, even though that sounds amazing, right? DoorDash and stuff is the worst thing that's ever happened to this country. Well, there's a lot of bad things, but that's one of them. Get some Pedialyte the day before if you have any guests that you may be overserved. Drink it, take some Advil, drink water with some LMNT or electrolytes, and fuel yourself. Try and get outside for some fresh air and sun. It will make you feel better. And try and move. Do not be a slug. Okay? Again, you're just going to waste calories. You're going to be moany and have a pity party for yourself. Your steps are going to be 2,000. And you know the 4,000 calories you had in alcohol are just going to sit there. And you're not going to do anything with them if you're not moving. And lastly, accept your punishment. You made those choices. And now you have to feel like shit. But you don't get to have a pity party. You get to put on your big girl panties, move, do what you need to do, and suck it up. And again, let's just hope you don't have fucking young kids because I think I was hungover once with young kids and I will never do it again. So now the holiday craziness is over, right? At least for this event. What do you do now? No matter how good or bad your plan of action went, do not punish yourself. Everybody hear that? Do not punish yourself. Do not go to the gym and sit in the sauna for 45 minutes and then run for seven miles and then go sit in the sauna for 45 minutes. Okay, I was that person. Usually days after I indulged, I would do a 50-minute HIIT workout in my garage with the door closed, no fan, and think that I burned off those calories. It doesn't work like that. Also, don't pity yourself. Like again, we're adults. I don't feel bad for you. You made these choices. I say it all the time. No one waterboarded you mac and cheese. No one shoved pie in your mouth. You made those choices. Okay? You put the fork to your mouth. No one else. So no pity. Okay, I'm so sad at myself. I regret this so much. That means nothing. Grow up. Move on. You owned it. You did it. Don't beat yourself up either because it does nothing for the scenario. The meaner you are to yourself, that doesn't make calories disappear. So what is the point? To be overfed and be sad? That's just shittier and shittier, right? You did it. It happened. Harping on it, being sad, getting down in yourself is not going to do anything. What you can do is you can self-assess. You can journal. You can write down what went wrong, right? Cocktail hour went great. Then I got asked to have a shot with my friends. I did a shot and then I just got sucked into the, you know, the party drinking scenario. All right. So maybe next time, right, I avoid shots. I go over with them. I have fun, but I don't, have, I don't get into that throw it back mentality. I sip. Or, you know, I did great until dessert, and then I got a big plate, and I just, I just kept going back up for more and more and more. All right, next time, have that plate. Then maybe t- I'm going to take myself outside for a walk, or I'm going to offer to help clean up and get it out. Write some things down. See where the problem was or where the, you know, the veer off of plan went and let's create another plan because guess what? Guess what's coming back in 365 days? The same holidays. And I know a year sounds far away, but it's not. It comes up fast. I, I hear it every day. I can't believe it's November. I can't believe it's December. Oh my God, it's 2024 already, right? Every year you hear the same stupid lines people say. Oh, I can't believe it's not 
fall anymore. Like, really? Because it happens every year. Time just goes faster and faster. Also, this is not just a coaching plug for myself, but having a community and having someone to support you is so important. And not everyone's lucky enough to have a spouse or family that supports them in this. So putting yourself alongside of a coach or a community that has the same like-minded goals and plans is major. So many people avoid signing up for nutrition and fitness coaching till the new year because the holidays are hard to be consistent with. And I say this all the time, this is the time that you should sign up. October rolls around and that's when you should be signing up for a coach. Fuck me in January, Leave me. let me go, see you later. But when the times are harder and there's parties and there's events and there's more challenges, that's when you should be grabbing onto someone. That's when you should be looking for support. It doesn't matter if you're 100%. We're not trying to lose weight during this time. We're trying to establish habits. We're trying to establish a better food relationship. We're trying to just maintain, right? When you're, this is a stupid scenario, but like, when you're in a wave pool and no waves are happening, right? And it's just kind of calm water. You don't need someone then. You can keep yourself afloat. It's easy. When that horn goes off and the waves start piling down, that's when you're going to grab on for assistance. That's when you're going to look for help. And that's exactly what the holidays are. Anyone can stay afloat when the waters are calm, okay? But when the waves start to happen and the storms start to happen, that's when you need support. So grab on to coaching, grab on to a community during this time. Don't wait for January when you're 10 pounds heavier, right? That would be a mistake. So I hope these tips and tricks kind of helped. New ones always pop into my head. And honestly, as I live the holidays each year, I think of other things that I think are going to help me too. So I will probably continue to post different ideas on Instagram and whatnot, but I hope this helped. I hope it gives you a little bit of clarity and a breath of like, okay, the holidays aren't going to be so bad and they shouldn't be bad. It's a time to enjoy your family. You're not going to get these forever. Time does go fast. And even if family is super annoying sometimes, I mean, I'm very lucky. Mine's, I never fear family events, but if they are, you're going to miss them eventually. Try and focus more on the people you're around and the food that you're around. And also realize if you do put on 10 pounds this holiday season, guess what? It's not permanent. It can come off. It's not a death sentence. We just have to change some things, some habits, some focus, and handle the holidays different next year. So with that being said, everyone have an awesome day. I will have one more podcast before Thanksgiving. So if if you don't listen to that one, have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy. Reflect a little bit on what you're thankful about. Because again, life goes fast. Life is short. Um, Be appreciative. Have a lovely, lovely rest of your day. And like always, be better than most, but not perfect. Oh, wait. I'm back. Also, The holiday challenge has started, but late entries are more than welcome to come in. Um, You will get access to the app for eight weeks since they're just a couple of days behind. You don't need to have a team. You can be an individual. It's all about habits, all about accountability. It is not a weight loss challenge. You don't need to be 100% committed. It's just about having a community to lean on. 
when times are rough. So the link is in my bio. The link is on the show notes. Feel free to join us. You get work. You get workouts. You get a step tracker. You get a water tracker. You get access to me and Coach Steph and Coach Tom. You get access to our all our community members to recipes. It's awesome. A great thing to lean on when times get rough. Okay, that is it. Have a lovely day.